0: Hello, I'm Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. And my website is MyersDetox.com. And on this show, we talk about everything related to detoxification. And today we're going to talk about EMF and the top ways to create EMF resilience, how to make your body strong against EMF or electromagnetic fields. This is a really important topic because this is something that is Growing in our environment, you need to have awareness about it. Awareness about the whole kind of political landscape, about why it's you know beginning to be censored, and also uh, what you can do to protect yourself. What it does to your body. There's a that you need to know about this topic. And uh, if you guys want to learn all about detoxification on MyersDetox.com, I have hundreds of articles. I have hundreds of podcasts. So please go there right now. And subscribe to my newsletter. Just opt in to get any one of the free e-guides on the website. And you'll get our, you know, the, the first to hear about the cutting-edge uh, issues regarding toxins, all the, the latest trends in detoxification, and any sales we have on any of our detox programs and supplements. Just go there at myersdetox.com and sign up now. So on this show, we're going to be talking with Nick Pineau. He's uh, been a friend of mine for about 10 years. And uh, he's such a, an amazing resource for EMF knowledge and all science-based. And he has a book and a couple of different programs on EMF and EMF protection, EMF mitigation. And I wanted to have him come on and talk about, you know, what's going on with the 5G satellites in the environment. What's going on with, uh, you know, in every mainstream newspaper. Uh, saying that five G is totally safe and what the real story is, what's really going on, what you should be concerned about with with EMF exposure, and what you should not be concerned about, uh, you know, namely infrared saunas and the scanner at the airport and some, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of overreaction to things people get concerned about emf i have people emailing me all the time they're worried about their infrared sauna they're worried about the their my health device that's part of our nest health bioenergetic program and you know you, you need to be focused on the things that you should be worried about and we're going to make some of those distinctions today on the show I know you guys listening to this show are concerned about heavy metal toxicity and are concerned about the levels of toxins that you have in your body and how to get them out. And so I created a quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com that, based on some lifestyle questions, can discern your relative levels of body burden of toxins. So if you go take the quiz, it only takes a couple of minutes. After that quiz, you get a free video series, a pretty long video series that answers your most frequently asked questions about heavy metals, how to detox, the best testing to determine the heavy metal levels in your body, and all, how long does it take to detox, and all these questions that people inevitably have when they're trying to detox their body. So go check it out at heavymetalsquiz.com. So today our guest is Nick Pineau. He's also known as the EMF guy, and he's the number one best-selling author of the non-Tinville Guide to EMFs and an advocate for safe technologies. Through his unconventional approach blending humor, science, and common sense, he's becoming a leading voice on the topic of electromagnetic pollution and how it affects our health. For the last few years, Nick has been interviewing some of the best minds on health and technology and facilitating the creation of courses and educational materials to raise awareness on this very important issue. You can learn more about Nick at TheEMFguy.com, and you can learn more about his course at TheElectropollutionFix.com. Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Sure, my pleasure. Looking forward to it.
0: So what made you passionate about EMF and, you know, wanting to just focus only on electromagnetic radiation?
1: Jeez, I mean, I, I was, uh, my, my, my background is just someone interested in finding the truth. And that's as vague as it gets, but it, it got me in nutrition at first for myself, just discovering that, you know, that there was such thing as grass-fed beef. And we're talking about 2009, so now 11, 11, 12 years ago, and that I, I discovered, my God, and here in, in Quebec at the grocery store, you've just got beef. You don't even know where it comes from. And it's, you don't know if it's been grain-fed or grass-fed. And I started understanding that, my God, that you can actually de dive deeper in these topics. And this is not the type of education you're getting from mainstream, even mainstream nutrition is not getting all this uh, this important information to the people. So I started writing about that. And long story short is 2016, years after writing about nutrition and kind of feeling that I, I've talked enough about it, you know, after seven years or so writing in French and then in English and doing thousands of articles on various topics and, uh, a little bit of holistic health here and there. Eventually, I came across a series of books. Dr. Deborah Davis, who's a co-laureate for Nobel Peace Prize, uh, she wrote uh, "Disconnect." In I think it was 2015, where I started reading it. Dr. Martin Blank unfortunately passed away. He was at at Columbia University. He's a biophysicist and with a, an extremely great background. You know, very credible. And I came across this book, which also talked about the dangers of EMF. So for me, the fact that these credible scientists were really putting their careers on the line, talking about these dangers really impressed me and, and concerned me. I said, well, if they're telling these things that, in fact, cell phones can... Potentially increase your cancer risk, but much more than that, increase your everyday symptoms, for example, sap your mitochondrial energy in the short and long run, depending on how resilient you personally are. Well, I I need to dig further. And uh, it really led me on, on that path in 2017. I basically started doing this full time, writing my book. And then the rest is history. I've been doing it full time for almost 4 years with the the book research started in 2016 in fact and since then i'm just trying to put educational solutions out to the public and I'm glad you know that uh, things have evolved so much uh, thanks to you and and other people that have put this forward even I learned from you uh, from your very early uh, podcast episodes you did possibly with Jack Cruz and other people uh, so so many great building biologists and things like that so it's important that that people relate this information because still it's evolving but yeah, I'm just, I'm just a little bit – I wish it evolved quicker that people would know, you know, a cell phone is not something to mess with and to, to have on your, on your head for several hours a day. And, and we need to lower these levels of electropollution.
0: Yeah, and it, it's, I've, I've known you for almost 10 years, it seems like. It's, it's been quite a while. Yeah, um, a long while. Yeah, and, uh, but it's, it's weird like the cell phone – it's almost like a lit cigarette uh, when you have someone near you that has it on and, and people just, they don't realize how much it affects your, your body in so many different ways. And, and, you know, I, you're my go-to guy for learning about EMF. Uh, you have a, a fantastic podcast and you have so many interesting topics about EMF. Um, uh, but also, you know, you, you dispel a lot of myths. Uh, that people may have you know that you don't really need to worry about the airport scanner and the, you know they're like there's bigger fish to fry uh with these so i love that you dispel a lot of myths that people have because i have people emailing me freaked out about you know like certain like health devices they're worried about the emf from them yeah. I'm like there's yeah. there's a million more benefits to this device like a rife device or a my health or or yeah. just other types of devices that there, there's way more benefits than, than negatives. Uh, you know, not all EMFs are bad. You know, um, so tell us about your book. You so you have the the non tinfoil guide. The non tinfoil
1: guide to EMFs.
0: To EMFs, yeah. yeah. So, so it came out in
1: it, well, it came out in 2017. And it's been endorsed by uh, Dr. Mercola and uh, a lot of. Great experts and doctors, at uh, Dr. Ted Akakoso and uh, Ben Greenfield, and all these authorities. So it has some some credibility to it. Uh, after a few years, and uh, it, it's it's rated. I think I have 550 reviews now. There's only Arthur Furstenberg, Invisible Rainbow, now that beats it. But anyway, it's not a concor- It's not really a, a a question of popularity. What what I did, I think differently than other people who wrote about EMFs is is make it very very accessible and simple and a little bit humorous too because a lot of people read about emfs it can be technical it can be dry uh, it can be doom and gloom too when you read certain books uh, you don't feel very good you don't feel like you read something funny and entertaining so i tried to distill it down to what are the essentials to understand emfs Uh, How come we're in this situation where everyone has a cell phone and most people don't recognize their dangers and we're exposed to all these towers and exactly? What is the amount of concern you should have, and what can you do about it so it's it's really a summary of the situation it 's far from being the most academic or thorough book out there it's it's shorter than most other books, and it goes really to um i think the essential of what people need to understand
0: yeah so let 's talk about five g a little bit, so sure. you know five g is not about millimeter waves so you you talk about this uh you know in your podcast and whatnot can you talk yeah. a little bit about 5g and kind of the the some of the myths surrounding it is it really it's as harmful as people make it out to be
1: yeah uh, i did a, a great episode with uh, professor Holly Yuenson on my podcast smarter tech uh, if people want to hear from a scientist and not Nick Pinot. I'm just reporting the information, you know. So there's no research around 5G. That's the fifth generation of wireless signals or cellular networks to be more exact. Uh, we have been exposed so far to 1G, 2G, 4, uh, 3G and 4G. And now we're going into a fifth generation and engineers and the industry people are already talking about 6G and 7G, and it, it won't. It will never stop because users demand greater speed, greater connectivity. They want 8K and 16K. I don't know when it's going to stop that video quality increase. I think it's it's never stopping. Uh, faster computers, better image, better videos. So the bandwidth demand from users, from sometimes you and I, every time we use social media and we stream something, we're putting. Str- on the networks and telecoms know that and now they see the demand and they say, well, we're going to give you better and faster technology. Also, when they have to replace all these antennas and they have to replace all these cell phones, well, it's money making. They have to create New technologies to survive their business model is is well when it comes to let 's say the, the cell phone manufacturers is based on the fact that you you are going to replace your phone within if possible every day right (laughs) they wish for you to throw that phone away every single day they would be happy because you would just keep purchasing they don't care about uh you keeping your phone 10 years so that's why that's part of the reason we're always moving forward with new generations and 5g well you know for uh, 3g and everything before it was already concerning already emitting wireless radiation at levels that have been shown to create biological effects and and have been shown to make about a third of the entire population uh, electrosensitive, mild to moderate symptoms. That's Dr. Magda Havis from from Canada, who who studies electrosensitivity and the science around EMFs. And she she teaches in university at Trent in Canada, in Ontario. So she's a, a highly esteemed scientist on the topic. And she says that 3% 3% are completely debilitated and that's a lot of people. We're talking about millions and millions of people around the world that don't know necessarily that they're being debilitated and that was before 5G. So that's something to keep in mind. People maybe they come across this podcast because of the 5G keyword and they say, oh my god, I what is that 5G? It's concerning. I heard about it in 2020 or I just heard about it now. Well, 5G is just more of a bad thing but everything be like before 5g is still there we're still being exposed to to these things and also wi-fi and bluetooth and everything else so all the sources of electropollution are a concern to me 5g you know there's different things that can be called 5g and a lot of people have been Let's say solve this idea that 5G is only about millimeter waves, these very, very high frequencies, much higher than what we used to be uh, exposed to with other generations. In fact, 5G is a mix of these lower frequencies, just like 4G and 3G. And that's mostly what is rolled out at the moment as we speak in 2021. That's mostly what is being used for 5G. So it's essentially the same stuff, except it's rebranded and except it might be even more stressful to your biology because these signals, you know, they're engineered by electrical engineers in a way to connect even more devices to one antenna to connect competing signals together without them stepping over each other. And these technologies mess with the wave. When you mess with the wave, the wave hits a cell And the cell gets even more confused. So it's not that much about the power levels that 5G brings to the table, but it's about how chaotic a certain EMF is. So in nature, you have EMFs, right? Uh, Light, visible light is an EMF. You have natural earth magnetism. But all these EMFs, if you look at them on different measurement devices, they would be extremely smooth. They wouldn't vary every uh, uh, microsecond and and show a very erratic pattern. These are unnatural patterns that you do not find in nature, which is why, generally speaking, when you have pulsation, when you have EMLs, that if you listen to it on an EMF meter, a Wi-Fi router uh, basically sounds like a military operation. It sounds because it's 10 times per second, that is pulsed at 10 Hertz. And this is what your body hears. It it hears something that is extremely unnatural. You you have zero signal in nature that are pulsed that way. So 5G brings to the table this hyper complexity that's going to be even more stressful for biology, or at least that's what we think because the surprise here or no surprise, right? Because we're a little bit uh, now, most people who listen to this have realized that unfortunately the world doesn't really make sense in a lot of situations. And 5G has not been tested on anything, not in vitro, not on humans, not on animals, nothing. There's zero studies at the moment on 5G, on real 5G antennas, on rats or mice or the long term studies. All we have right now. Is long term studies like the NTP study, National Toxicology Program, came out in 2018 in its final recommendation or final uh, conclusion clear carcinogen in rats and mice. That's from 2G to 3G. So, And it took until the end of the 90s to 2018 to study, basically to put together the study, the funding, and then the controversy around it. And then they delivered the news. Well, it's a carcinogen, guys. That's 2G and 3G. Well, guess what? We're already almost looking at 6G now. So by the time we study 5G, we're going to be at what? 13Gs? So the problem here is that, Again, it's clear that our capacity to study this toxin is is so far behind our ability to put money on the industry and, and pay them so that they come up with new technologies. So we'll always be behind. And this is also why with 5G, a lot of people are saying enough is enough. We, we, we already have troubles with 4G, so let's stay at 4G. Everyone has good connectivity, and let's aim to reduce these levels following a, a principle that is used with ionizing radiation, with nuclear radiation, which is the ALARA, Alara principle, as low as reasonably achievable. What does that mean? Well, it, ex- exactly what, what, what I just told. So imagine you have a Wi-Fi router right? As low as reasonably achievable. If you turn it off at night, well, this is reasonably achievable and you're reducing your exposure eight hours per night. So why why doesn't a router automatically turn off at night? Or even better, because there's a type of of Wi-Fi that is even smarter than that called the Echo Wi-Fi from a company in Netherlands. If you just type Echo Wi-Fi on any uh, browser, you, you'll find it. And that Echo Wi-Fi can go in sleep mode. I was talking about it to a friend just a few, a few days ago, and basically it goes into a sleep mode. So it means if my device, my phone here is on airplane mode, it's not connected to the router, the router goes to sleep after a few seconds and says, well, there's, there's no one connected to me, so why am I even on? It goes to sleep and it doesn't emit uh, zero radiation. When I open my Wi-Fi, automatically it sends a beacon signal to the Wi-Fi router. And now the Wi-Fi router says, oh, well, I guess someone needs me to irradiate irradiate the, the the room, which is what is Wi-Fi uh, coverage in your home, right? That's radiation that you're introducing. And I'm not one to judge. I prefer an Ethernet cable and not use Wi-Fi, but some people still use it. That's fine. But at least you're just getting what you need. So if I use Wi-Fi for 15 minutes for social media and then I turn it off, Well, then I'm only 15 minutes per day exposed. So that's really the big issue with these new technologies. It's more chaos and then unabated exposure, uncontrolled, where engineers couldn't care less about the exposure because everything is considered safe. And that is the main issue with this entire story.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you don't read anything in the mainstream media, New York Times, you know, you only read stories nope. about how 5G is totally safe. And uh, just very, <laughs> very suspicious. It just it's boggles the mind. There's zero studies yep. on 5G that that it's it's crazy. Uh, I, that's very surprising.
1: It is. Well, you talk about the New York Times. There's a an incredible rant by an anchor of uh, RT Ru- uh, Russian to the visit Russia today. Anyway, that RT network. That's a yeah. That's a news network funded by Russia. So we gotta be careful about the news, but you you got to be careful also about the new york times big time because what they demonstrate in in that uh, in that segment that i got to find it, find it for the show notes because it's so hilarious the the anchor talks about the fact that well the new york times tells us that 5g is perfectly f- safe and he takes the new york times of that day that was i think 2 years ago and he looks at the pages f- first page half page 5g ad Second page, half page, half page, all the first pages of the New York Times are exclusively telecom funded. Wow. So what do you think is going to be accepted to be published in the New York Times? Is it the opinion that, of course, 5G is dangerous or is it the opposite? Of course, if someone writes against 5G or says, well, we don't have enough information and No, won't even pass. When you look at independent news outlets in the U.S., you've got the Epoch Times, for example, and uh, and things like that. All the independent news outlets have published great investigations on 5G or wireless radiation as a whole and have concluded the exact same thing that I did several years ago. Same thing all the investigative reporters that are still independent and who can express themselves freely have said well if for wanting we can argue about how dangerous it is but for sure it's not safe and for sure it's not tested enough and for sure the industry as complete like as as strong control over the regulations, which is again the kind of the the wolf guarding the hen house, which is a big problem in many industries, including telecoms so exactly you won't get it in your in your average news because it's a big advertiser and it it it's similar to big pharma and other industries where You you have such media control that it becomes almost impossible to have a sane discussion on a topic in mainstream.
0: I love Epic Times. I highly recommend subscribing mm, and yeah. supporting them. They were just defunded by YouTube, though, uh, because of their impartial reporting. Oh, just,
1: really? didn't know that? At the same def- time yeah. as uh, uh, as of today or yesterday, uh, Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. RFK just got banned from Instagram.
0: Yeah. Oh, the yes, censorship more... is—it's so, so sickening. I mean, look, we live in communist China. essentially. Well,
1: it, it's 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 mad, and you know, I how how to identify, it's kind of a subtopic, but I think it's important because this year, and I, I want to educate people how to think a little bit more because we're in a, in a very weird spot with information. You listen to podcasts, to Wendy Meyer's podcast, and you're like, okay, well, is it the truth? And how can I look at both facets of any problem? Well, if someone is trying to censor speech, like I'm going to ban you from social media instead of engaging in a debate, that's a sign that there's a big problem. Like this should not happen. And how I look for people that are real skeptics from the other side of the arguments, for example, an engineer that is pro-industry and says, no, 5G is not an issue. How do I find someone who is actually open-minded to real debate? These would be the people who would say, no, censorship is not right. When it comes to EMFs, it's a little bit similar. Some would say, you know, it should be zero EMF. We should destroy cell towers. Some people are already doing that, not endorsing that. Uh, Some people think it's the right way. We should burn the towers. We should shred the iPhones and... That's the extreme interventionist approach. Uh, Some other people would say, no, everything is fine. It's perfectly safe. The truth is probably in the middle. But if you censor Nick Pino and you censor Wendy Myers, and then you censor everyone who's against, well, it creates a movement that, oh, they have something to hide so it's not the right direction for you it's humanity. having
0: the opposite effect the it's opposite great.
1: effect it's 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 horrible and those who do not realize that censorship is dangerous they are a bit dangerous themselves yeah, like you're part, part of the problem they're part of the problem and and those who realize that censorship is no 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 i like i'll fight for people who have Opposite views from my own to be able to express themselves. Yeah, that mm-hmm. should also be the case for everyone listening to this. And it's, and it's difficult sometimes because sometimes I I feel like the other side or someone who says no cell phones are perfectly safe. I don't want I don't want them to express themselves because I think they're wrong. However, it's important that they still can, yes. or else I become the censor. Yeah.
0: So, it, yeah, I'm it, curious it's if rough. there's, I'm curious if there's going to be more and more censorship of 5G and, and people talking about EMF in, in the future. As it started, this be, yeah, as yes. this becomes more and more of a heated thing, and like these EMF satellites are going up, and and like all the yes. globalists, like Jeff Bezos and. Elon Musk and other people that are fighting for the skies because uh, yeah. whoever owns the skies owns all that data. So wh- what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, the big tech companies, if you look at uh, Facebook, Google, and, and the LinkedIn of this world and all these, these tech giants, they have huge vested interests in those satellite projects and in 5G. Telecom companies, some of them own stock and vice versa, they own a telecom stock, for example. So uh, same thing for pharma. So there's it's a it's a lot of friends and investors. So again, just like with the New York Times example, if Facebook happens to be very connected to Verizon somehow, maybe they own stock and they want five G to to really roll out, well, it's going to change. It's going to influence badly. It's going to bias their their corporate policies towards considering 5G or anti-5G speech or pro 5g safety (laughs) speech if you want to put it this way i think it's more that kind of trying to have transparency about what the heck we're getting exposed to well maybe we're gonna start uh, seeing more and more people getting banned I know that the search terms for EMFs, for 5G, there's been a switch uh, last year at some point, I think at the beginning of the year, where my own websites and everything got pushed back to Google X, XYZ page. I don't even use Google anymore, so I don't even know where I rank. I don't care now. I, I consider, you know, talking about 5G, if you're really serious you want to share information, you don't want to stay attached to a big... Uh, social media following and these kind of things because maybe it's all going away. I mean, I have a YouTube channel right now, but I have a sub-channel on Bitshoot, and I'm going to have these kind of mirror sites just because I don't know if tomorrow morning they're going to put the AI to the test and say, you know, any anyone who has the 5G uh, 5G and danger in their conversation is going to just be cut out. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but this is the direction we're seeing with vaccines. This is the direction we're seeing with multiple things. And again, I, I think it's, it's completely uh, the wrong direction. And I do see that it's going to increase in the future, making our job a little bit more difficult it's going to create the opposite effect. I think it's going to make more people suspicious that something is up. That can be good because, yes, they should be suspicious. There's a lot of money, a lot of corporate interests that are trying to say, uh, no, everything's fine. Until it's, they have uh, too many lawsuits or they lose, basically, regulation crushes them over or something like that. But it can take decades. They, they're just trying to to continue the status quo as long as possible because at the moment the the, the just the, the wireless regulations are so lax that they can basically install these these antennas anywhere, especially in the U.S. But in most in most Western countries, this is a case. So at the moment, business is good; they're making a ton of money. And then if they're getting getting sued a little bit, it's gonna be peanuts. Just like it happened with Monsanto, it, it took a lot to bring down Monsanto, and even then, it was sold. So it kind of continues on and so we're trying to do our best here but I you know it's it's rough I I I don't know exactly how that ends but but I think that how how the entire topic can evolve regardless of uh, any censorship attempt is if people talk about it you know, if, if, if consumers also change their behaviors, like if we see a few lower radiation phones on the market trying to emerge and people buy them, well, it's going to give a nudge to the industry to kind of take this market opportunity. So if, the, if there's money to be made in health, they're going to make make it healthy if there's no money to be made they won't necessarily invest the money so or or unless they're forced by law but they control the law at the moment so it's it's a bit difficult and uh we'll we'll see how things evolve
0: yeah it's it's really interesting how so many different topics are converging right now that you're not supposed to talk about <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. so, so a lot of people are. There's, you know, worrying about five G. They're focused on five G. These satellites are. They're yeah. going to be blanketing in the Earth's atmosphere soon. So, what are people missing? What like missing sources of the EMF should they, you know, be paying attention to more so in their environment?
1: Well, I I think people should be focusing first about what they install in their their own homes. For sure, you have to have a certain degree of concern around what's in the outside, the 5G towers. And also, don't forget, the 2G to 4G towers also matter, right? It's not just 5G. And if you don't have 5G in your city, you might still be overexposed by towers and things like that. So that's a concern. But at the same time the reality is that it's, it's very hard and expensive to shield against. You can uh, hire uh, Brian Hoyer from shielded healing is my colleague on my course or a building biologist will, will, will do. And they can, these professionals know how to take measurements, tell you how much you're exposed in your bedroom and you could shield the entire room. That's a project I have for this room. We're trying to actually buy this condo here. This is my, office slash bedroom, and maybe it's going to be completely shielded. So it means you apply paint to the walls, to the flooring, to the the ceiling, and then it becomes a completely almost zero EMF room. And what this does is at least at night, you're getting this relief and you're getting these EMF levels that are similar to what you get in radio silence zones. And there's not a lot of them left on the planet, in fact, so in very remote areas. So that's something you can do against the 5G towers and all this, but it's an investment. It's something I do recommend. If you're really serious and you live in your own home, you you can do these changes, it, it will be a few thousand dollars for a room. So that's an investment, and that's something a lot of people are, are opting to do, especially those that are very sensitive. For some of them, it's a little bit too much, and they have to just – Take a home in a radio silent place. But I I think before investing all your mental and physical and emotional energy in the towers, think about what you install in your own home. So is your computer wired with an Ethernet cable? And if you're still using Wi-Fi, well, that's an improvement you can make, you know, and that's really what I'm trying to teach people is habits first and, and, and try to change how you use technology to rely less and less on wireless, because in the end, you know, it's a little bit ironic and the other side people who look at our movement anti 5G and uh, anti electro pollution they 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 point this out and i think it's it's a good observation that some 5G activists use cell phones all day to talk like to connect with all <laughs> other activists and they kind of have the cell phone here and the bluetooth watch and that's true some people do that because they're not aware that you know Oftentimes, your devices that touch your body, they're leading to a great amount of exposure that sometimes can even trump a tower that is fairly close, depending on a lot of factors. But these things still matter, like your own exposure from your devices. So creating that distance from your body and the devices Turning off Wi-Fi when not in use, or simply foregoing Wi-Fi altogether and using Ethernet cables—you know—that's a cable that goes from your computer to the router. You're connected, you're wired in, and it's super fast. It cannot be—it cannot be hacked. It's—it's—it's it's, it's reliable. In this room here, when we arrived in this condo three years ago, I was struggling to even do a call like this. I, I think you were possibly my first interview I did for my book. In fact, <laughs> uh, and, and I think it was a bit, the, the signal was a bit choppy that day. It was because of my darn Wi-Fi. And I was very frustrated, like uh, getting all prepped and then my interview doesn't go well. The image quality isn't there. Well, now we have an Ethernet cable that goes from this room and it goes 50 feet to the other side of the of the condo and it delivers lighting fast internet. And that's good. So that's also something where... If you have your computer in one place in your home, there's no reason to be on Wi-Fi, especially if that's a home uh, office these days. And uh, after the pandemic, so many people are working from home. That's another reason to wire it in. So that's really what you need to think about. We can be concerned about the satellites. You know, the satellites stuff is just, again, more of a bad thing. Not only are we concerned about our, our... immediate vicinity and the towers in the city but now you look at the sky oh, okay 42,000 satellites from SpaceX they are trying to start they already started launching them and then it's multiple other billionaires with these uh technocrats uh, wet dream and the they they, they want to launch thousands of satellites just because i i think some of it is just because they can it's kind of a trend for 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 trillionaires. I don't know why Why they do it exactly. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I, I just don't understand these people. But for sure, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea for astronomy, for space junk, for the environment, for electropollution. That's just one of the many factors that come at play. Why sending Thousands of satellites in space to provide global internet, it's such a bad idea. It's one of the worst ideas I've seen in the the last few years. And I saw a lot of bad ideas come to fruition. So I I don't understand why they're doing that. It will be an additional concern. If you go outside, you're going to be exposed a little bit. Some of it will be a blanket exposure to low level, still decent amount of exposure that we literally don't know what it's going to do to us. And that's a concern. But at the same time, if we focus on that too much, we're going to all make ourselves sick mentally. So it's difficult to stay mindful and understand that this is happening, try to fight against it and still stay healthy, right? And you know that. I mean, you you, you talk about heavy metals and environmental toxins so much too. So you got to be mindful, like every time you take a bite or you're afraid that your food is poisonous, if that's the case, well, mentally, you can you can really make yourself sick with all that stress. So it's something that I, I think to be mindful of, what's your reaction to all these news? And you, you got to be uh, informed and spread the word, but also... Kind of forget about it every day and not every time you look at the sky now you think that it's falling on your head you know so it can be a little bit too much easily and that's also something that i i, th- I think it's a, it's also part of the reason that i want to keep my message relatively light if it's too aggressive and and i tell people well you should be worried to be a human being <laughs> and to step outside you should wear i don't know like a shield if you go outside it's gonna be so fear inducing and and we don't need more of it so it's it's uh it's one of these topics where it's very difficult if it, for example for the satellites you 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 can you can fight against it there's the uh the healthy heavens initiative called healthy heavens trust initiative h h t i if you type that again you're, you're going to find it It's a a project between attorneys, international experts. There's There's three attorneys from the U.S. and an international team. And these people are fighting against the FCC, basically the fact that the FCC approved all these satellites. And they're saying, well, it's nonsense. And they're connecting with astronomers that say... Well now our our instrumentations to look at the at space are not working as well. So what gives? No one consulted us, right? So and it's electrosensitives and it's people who are experts in light pollution that say, well, these satellites are reflecting light that we emit from uh, the planet back to us. And now it's it's if these satellites go over uh, the the country of Italy. It breaches an international treaty about light pollution, but no one cares because these Elon Musk and these guys are reckless and they're launching these projects, even though it breaches multiple international agreements on multiple fronts. They don't care. It's shoot first and then aim later. We're going to see what happens. So, if you want to follow this project, I think it's interesting because at least knowing that there are credible people, attorneys that are trying to sue the FCC and well, Elon Musk, they're they're coming for for you too. So if if eventually it becomes more costly than it's going to give them to put the project forward, I think it's going to be abandoned. So one of the ways you can support it and also feel that we're getting somewhere is either donating or participating or just talking about these nonprofits that are fighting against this nonsense.
0: You know, it is frightening to think about all like 100,000 satellites that are be yeah. slated to be launched into the atmosphere over the next two to three years. Yeah, and and you mentioned just with the amount that are in the skies right now, they're already inter, already interfering in uh, the the instruments. They're you know they're looking to you know discover space. Um, So, and it's, you know, you want to just control what you can. Like, and I I talk about in the same thing with toxins is, you know, you can't be terrified. There's toxins everywhere. You just have to control what you can and and call it a day. You you don't need to be, you know, terrified of everything that you eat or whatnot. Um, And so you created a great course that, that really like gets down to the basics about EMF protection and things that you can do, uh, simple, inexpensive things that you can do to mitigate EMF in your home, uh, for your body, for your environment. Can you talk a little about that?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. You know, it's a its a project I I co-launched uh, and co-created with Brian Hoyer from Shielded Healing. He's the specialist when it comes to EMF mitigation. So going to people's homes, taking re- measurements with these high-level meters, and then Telling people, well, here are the changes we recommend. And and Brian has been thinking or was thinking about uh, creating such a course for years because basically he, he found that when he came to people's homes, it was difficult to come into someone's home and then do the education, tell them about the different types of EMS, for example. What's the difference between wireless radiation and dirty electricity and uh, how to basically change your light bulbs and all the the little basics that he thought most people should know. So he spent hours educating them and he thought, okay, maybe they should have a bit of education before I come to their home so they can already do a lot of things by themselves without having to pay thousands of dollars. And it's mostly free or little gadgets that you can purchase that are fairly affordable. And this is really what was our mindset is, what can people do by themselves for cheap and rapidly to minimize electro pollution at home? So that's the course, Electro Pollution Fix. And in the sense, it's it's an EMF protection course. I would say, even a better term would be EMF minimization course. Like you can minimize EMFs at home when you take this course. And uh, an example for Wi Fi is what you can put it on a Christmas light timer. And then it turns off at night automatically. It costs $10. So we try to have these very cheap solutions because a lot of people who take the the class uh, are already so caught up in different EMF solutions. They don't know where to put their money. And we really try to focus them somewhere on what will really matter. Like the light bulbs, for example, it's a good thing to replace those CFLs, the swirly kind of light bulbs. And that's one of the priorities when we talk about artificial light. So we have different modules where we teach you these things. And it's a, it's a very actionable course where the opposite of my book, where I do get into the science quite a lot. In the course, we, we glance over it, basically. We, we do talk about the dangers a little bit, but we take it for granted that people just want to know what to do. And that's the course. The course is a very actionable step-by-step approach, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic because there's a lot of people out there. They just don't have time. You know, yeah. even myself, you know, I, I've known about EMF for, you know, over well over 10 years, but I didn't really have time to incorporate that into what I was already doing for my health, which is so yeah. much, you know, and so it, it's great that you put together this like evidence-based course for solutions that, that really works. So it just takes all the guesswork out of uh, people making their EMF mitigation choices. Exactly. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so let's talk about things that people don't have to worry about (laughs) that people shouldn't be worrying about when it comes to EMF, like the, the, what, what about the airport scanners? What's up with those? Are those a problem?
1: Well, you know, I looked at it. I think it was before I was on Ben Greenfield two years, more than two years ago, two years and a half. And I was very surprised because a lot of people told me about these scanners and I was worried for myself. A lot of people, I did a pad down thing and I don't, I don't, I don't really mind to get, to get pad down. So I didn't care that much, but it was a little bit longer and my wife went through the millimeter. Uh, scanner because she was like okay you do your thing and I was like okay well is she getting exposed to something super dangerous and I did look at what companies create these scanners? What are the models that are actually used at the moment in airports I go in? So I did the deep dive and I realized that the power density or the power of these machines is is so low, it's almost ridiculous. 60 to 90 microwatts per square meter. As a comparison, your cell phone could go to a 100,000. So 60 to 90 is, you know, it's a hit. Of course, it's millimeter waves. Uh, The range, if I recall correctly, it's 20 to 40 gigahertz, which is higher than your cell phone. But if you compare one of these millimeter wave scanners with a 5G phone that uses millimeter wave, it's not even comparable. Like the phone would expose you to multiple times, I think in the thousands more times exposure from a phone compared to the scanner itself, so I think that the fear of millimeter wave has been a little bit overblown from the scanners be- because people don't don't really understand. Well, they didn't look at the power density and didn't look at these things. For sure, it's not good, but ironically, a lot of people who are afraid of the scanners take don't take like they will take the pad down and then they put their phone in their pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no. then and then you see them the phone next to their abdomen and they're on four G LTE on Instagram for three hours before their flight. Yeah. And then on the flight they have a, a wireless tablet, and and there's like multiple Wi-Fi hotspots that are right on the headboard of every seat. So you're like, okay, well, if we if if we look at it that way, was it really useful to get the pad down? Well, a little bit, but. It's just you, you got to take things into consideration, like what is the duration of that scanner? And it's, in, in the, it's less than one second, if I remember correctly, or two seconds compared to the exposure that you might get from a phone for several hours. So I think the, the answer is we have to focus on what kind of behaviors lead to the greater amount of exposures in proximity and duration. So if, for example, you decide to not have Wi-Fi at home, well, it could have a bit impact because if you're spending 50 hours a week in front of the computer, well, that's 50 hours of no Wi-Fi imagine what a difference it will make. And the Wi-Fi, you don't see it, but I can tell you that uh, two, two feet from your computer, you're getting exposed quite a lot in your face. Your entire body is getting, is getting uh, Wi-Fi from your computer. Uh, that's a large amount of exposure. Whereas if you, 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 you said exactly, uh, you, said, you put it perfectly at the beginning of the interview, people will say, well, you know, I have a biomath. Or I have a PMF device, or the My Health, or any any healing device, red light therapy, sauna. Should I worry about the EMFs that are created that are kind of a byproduct, right? Yeah, that I, that's a, a
0: thing. That's a big thing with infrared saunas. That, like that's a ENF huge thing. Free. Yeah, it's for like, sure. Come and, on. It's like not. Well, it's not a big deal.
1: <laughs> well, I- exactly for for people who are extremely sensitive, possibly like you use red light therapy device and you want to make sure that. Only the red light therapy or the therapeutic frequencies get emitted, but you don't also emit like a large magnetic field that is, let's say, detrimental. That's logical. I think that every therapeutic device should be low EMF and only deliver what it's supposed to deliver. It would likely be better. But then people who freak out and say, "Well, I'm getting exposed to that biomat, and now my—I don't know—I'm—I'm I'm laying on the biomat. It's plugged in the wall, and my body voltage is too high." Should I worry? Is it even worth it to use it? Well, first ask yourself, are you seeing benefits? Because your body will tell you if you're feeling amazing after a session. Well, I think that the pros outweigh the cons right there. You already know that is providing benefits and you can test it uh, for several days in a row. Then you stop. Are you seeing benefits when you add it back on. So you got to play around with your different healing modalities because you know your own body. You are your own experiment in the end. And that being said, it's, I, I think that it's important to take into consideration the duration. If you use a biomat or a healing device 15 minutes per day, well, it's just 15 minutes. And if you use your computer eight hours per day, Well, probably you should still do the biomath and wire your computer. So think about what will lead to the greatest reduction in my overall exposure. And oftentimes it's the places where you sleep, like your bedroom. Are you removing those wireless devices from your bedroom? Or are you even considering going a step further and shielding your bedroom? That's the ultimate step you can do if you're willing to invest. And then... During the day, where are you spending your time? If it's in front of a computer, that's probably your top priority. If your kids are spending a lot of time in front of tablets, wiring those tablets is possible. Not only possible, probably essential if they spend a lot of time on devices. So just focus on where it matters and don't worry too much about the exposures of a few minutes. and. It's something, you know, it's it's a little bit – it's something I learned from Brian because he really put things into perspective. And when it comes to EMS, I, I did screw up a little bit at the beginning. And even in my book talking about the different sort – I don't know, like the toaster is almost the most absurd uh, example. Like a toaster emits large amount of magnetic field. Sometimes it can be very, very high exposure. But how often do you have a toaster on your ear, right? <laughs> Like on your face, you're not. So while your toasts are, are toasting, you're probably not even that close to the toaster. So this exposure is there, but it's not touching you. It's not even near you. So we shouldn't really worry about the toaster, right? We should worry if somehow you had something like an alarm clock that is very powerful and plugged in and it's right next to your pillow. And then you realize, oh my God, I spent eight, nine hours every night, right next to the alarm clock. And this one also emits large magnetic fields. Now you're actually getting exposed. So I think I did the mistake at the beginning of putting things a little bit out of context. And it leads to fear. People are like, oh, no, toaster, EMFs. And it becomes almost absurd because in the end, yes, if if you're getting exposed to a machine in close proximity, it matters. If it's in a corner and it's just doing its thing and the toaster is 3 minutes per day right if you have daily toasts well you shouldn't worry about it at all so it's just uh, it, it's something i wish i had put into words in a, in a more uh, intelligent manner at the beginning of my my activism work but now i'm trying to to make good for it and just tell people to relax a little bit about the toaster and the the different kitchen things that I talked about in my book and say, well, yeah, the, these emit the levels, but unless you work in a professional kitchen and you're exposed to a mixer uh, for five hours per day, now now that's an exposure, right? So if professionally you have exposure to big machines, industrial machines and things like that, now it becomes a priority for you to do something about it. But if that's not your case, think about duration and focus on these things that really Will move the needle for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like you, you have to be rational about this, and you yeah. know, anything that is plugged into a wall can emit dirty electricity and yep. EMF radiation, and it's just yep. you've been exposed to that since you were a baby. So it's just about controlling what you can and mitigating what you can. You just you're not able to mitigate everything. Um, exactly. Are there any like hab like health habits that you for, recommend for people to increase their EMF resilience?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a lot of things. Uh, A lot of things that are uh, hormetic stressors, uh, it can be sauna exposure, so the heat or the cold exposure. A lot of things for general health are completely incredible to help build your resilience against oxidative damage. Uh, oxidative damage could be from heavy metals to a lot of toxins that you talked about in your show so many times before mold. uh, It can be overall stressors of everyday life. And that's the way I see it. Molecular hydrogen would get my number one vote. I did listen to a very over my head complicated webinar about the let's say the nutraceutical approach to EMF resilience and the internal protection, if you will, what antioxidant to take. It was by Bob Miller and uh, he's, he's just inc- like mapping the different cycles and I had a hard, like I'll have to listen to it several times, but his conclusion or what he, he said that I think is important for people listening to this, he said, if you had to take one supplement, at the moment it would be molecular hydrogen. So those those tablets you put in water, it creates hydrogen water. And the reason behind it is that it's a fundamental antioxidant that will provide antioxidation if you need it and won't if you don't. And that's important because you can actually overdo it with antioxidation. And you do need oxidation in your body for signaling purposes. So Long story short, molecular hydrogen for EMFs. if you're getting exposed outside, that's something I would take on a fairly regular basis. And I know, or I, I think you're a fan of it, but I know Dr. Mercola is, and so many people talk about it. Staying hydrated, I see you drinking water, that's tremendous. Magnesium, magnesium levels, making sure that your minerals are balanced. So Well, follow Wendy's podcast to learn all about it. You've been you taught me all about it through your through your work and your education. So, uh, staying minerally sufficient in multiple minerals, not only magnesium but all of them, is a, a good way to not have that that overreaction to these signals. A lot of people that are electrosensitive have uh, too too much oxidation. They don't have antioxidant reserves. They have low resilience to anything. They become hypersensitive to everything just like people who are chemically sensitive. They become very weak. They don't have energy and they just don't have the reserves that they need. So build your reserves and make sure that nutritionally, if you don't have it in your food, you have it in, in supplement form, but that you have these minerals and the, these vitamins. So if you're deficient in in anything, it could basically, uh, unfortunately, increase the amount of EMF damage
0: you're getting. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Nick, thank you so much for educating us. Those are like really sound tips uh, that are good uh, no matter what you're trying to do or <laughs> with your health. Yeah, uh, so okay. thanks, thanks so much for, uh, you know, educating us about EMF. And I love that you're so research-based and you have so many practical resources for people. So I highly recommend uh, your book, The Tinfoil, Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMFs, and your course. Tell us where to get more information about your course again. Sure.
1: Uh, the course is just on Electropollution Fix, F-I-X. Dot com. That's it. And there's there's a waiting list. uh, If you're depending on when this is posted, either you're going to hear about it later or it's available now. Uh, Starting uh, this year in 2021, the good news is that it will be pre-recorded and available all year long if you want to take it. So it's it's something that you take on your own time. And uh, you learn as you go, and you apply these things for you and your family. So we hope that it's going to help you.
0: Okay, fantastic. And where can we find your podcast?
1: Uh, my podcast is uh, on all good podcasting platforms until they shut me down. Uh, that's called <laughs> It's called Smarter Tech, the Smarter Tech Podcast. And if you go on com, that's my main website. You're going to find it. And I talk about safe technologies and anything really that uh, I feel passionate about.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so guys, highly recommend that. I always learn something when I'm listening to your show. So you guys got to check that out. And Nick, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Myers Detox Podcast, where we talk about all types of topics related to detoxification, including doing an EMF detox. So, so essential right now. So, thanks for tuning in. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com, and I'll talk to you guys next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice.